Hey, this is Greg Knapp. Today on the podcast, the real reason you're not as happy as you could be, and an interview with Maura Sweeney, speaker and author of The Art of Happiness. Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. I got the real reason you're not as happy as you could be. I learned this from Tony Robbins a long time ago. What he said really hit home with me and has stuck with me. Think of a part of your life that you're unhappy with. It could be your career, your finances, your marriage, your relationships, your children, your health, your spiritual life, whatever it is for you. Now ask yourself this. What are your expectations for that part of your life right now? I'm guessing your real life isn't meeting your expectations. Otherwise, you'd be happy, right? I mean, that's why you're unhappy about it. Greg, come on, man. You're crazy. It's more than that. I am suffering. I'm suffering from some horrible circumstances. You don't understand the problems I'm facing, the stress I'm under, the problems with my marriage. You're right. You know, except for that crazy part. I don't know your story, but let me ask you this. If you expected your life to be worse than it is right now, wouldn't you be happier? If you were exceeding your expectations, wouldn't you be happier? If you're unhappy with your income, do you think someone from a third world country surviving on $2 a day would be unhappy with your salary? No, they've never even dreamed of making as much money in their lifetime as you make in a year. They would be ecstatic to have your income. So what's the difference? Expectations. It's the same in every part of your life. Tony Robbins said this, turn your expectations into appreciation and your whole life will change. See, our expectations are not facts. They aren't supposed to happen just because we want them to. Our expectations are really just our wants. We turn our wants into our shoulds. Then when everything doesn't meet our expectations, we get sad or angry or both. Shakespeare put it this way. Expectation is the root of all heartache. We all have so much to appreciate in our lives, yet we focus most of our thoughts and efforts on what we don't have. But Greg, I don't want to lower my standards, dude. I, I've got goals I want to achieve. I want to be motivated and ambitious. Yeah, man, I agree. Me too. That's why we need to be grateful for what we have and even more grateful for what we're working on and creating. Here's what I mean. First, we need to turn our expectations into appreciations for all we have. And here's a great exercise to help with that. Every night, right before you go to bed, spend just five minutes writing down three things that happened that day that you are grateful for. Write down different things each day. It can be something small like, I had a great cup of coffee with a friend. Or, my daughter and I went for a walk together. It could be something big. Just make sure you write it down. The research shows that if you do that for 30 days in a row, you will be significantly happier. So make it a new habit. We need to decide that we are going to find the good and beauty wherever we can. That we will learn from whatever comes our way. That we will be grateful for all we have right now without comparing it to any expectation. You might want to stay off social media for that one. And secondly, we've got to find a clear definition of success that will help us increase our happiness and reach our goals. Sometimes we define success in unrealistic ways, don't we? Things like 
I will achieve all my goals. I will make X amount of money tomorrow. I will have the perfect family life. I will have a beautiful house on the beach. I will have 8% body fat. And if we don't reach these goals, we feel like failures. Even if we achieve our goals, our feelings of success are brief. We simply come up with new goals and tell ourselves we still aren't successful. It becomes a never-ending cycle. Gee, that sounds like fun. Sign me up. But what if we change the definition of success? I like this one by Earl Nightingale. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Nightingale continued, A success is anyone who is realizing a worthy, predetermined ideal because that's what he or she decided to do deliberately. But only one out of 20 people does that. We definitely want to be one of the 20, don't we? Setting goals and going after them are great things to do. They push us to serve others and to create the extraordinary life of our dreams. But the progress towards the goal is success. The moment we are going after a worthy goal, we are successful. But if we set up unrealistic expectations, we're setting ourselves up to be unhappy. That won't help us reach our goals. It will make it harder and a lot less fun to get there. If we change our expectations for the appreciations of what we have, our happiness changes instantly. So whenever you're feeling sad, take a look at your expectations. Change your expectations. Change how you feel. Keep moving forward on your goals. Keep becoming the person you were created to be. That is a great road of joy and happiness. Hey, because you listen to the podcast, I want to give you my book, Go, for free. Just go to gregorybnapp.com slash go free. It's in the show notes as well. Gregorybnapp.com slash go free. On to part two. And I'm bringing in Maura Sweeney. Now, she's an author of the Art of Happiness series, and you can get all of those books on her website. That's moraforyou.com, and that's with the number four, the letter u.com. I'm going to have all this in my show notes. So don't worry about that. You just click on it in the show notes. It'll take you right to her link. And she's going to give you one of those books out of the series for free today. We'll tell you how to do that in just a minute. Hang on. But Maura's also a podcaster. She's an e-course creator. She's an international speaker. She's been featured on hundreds of media outlets in the U.S. and abroad. And she really focuses on helping other people live their happiest, most authentic life from the inside out. She's joining us today. Maura, how are you? Greg, I am great. And thanks for inviting me onto your show. My pleasure. So glad you're here. So I love to hear people's stories because people learn the most through stories and we feel connected through stories. So could you start off just with the why and the how that you got to the point in your life where you decided to focus so much on the importance of happiness? Probably from the fact that when I was brought up, I was always externalized, meaning everything I did was what it looked like to other people or how it made other people think of me or what I was supposed to be in order to please other people. And mm. it really left me feeling very unhappy, almost like I was wearing the wrong set of clothes. But my Waterloo moment came for me when I was 23 years old after having uh, graduated from Boston College with a degree in political science and then taking out loans to go to law school. I was at the midpoint of law school because this was all my family ever groomed me for and expected. Greg, I couldn't get out of my chair to drive myself to law school one day. And then 
my husband had come home. We were married young. And he said to me, oh, I thought you'd be at school. And I opened my mouth and nothing came out. What I realized at that point in my life is that I was a shell, a shell not living an authentic life. And so that was my big moment. And I thought, you know what? I'm losing the light and the life and the excitement um, for life within me. So I need to take another path, which is exactly what I did. And today I am like full speed ahead in helping others find their path to authenticity, happiness, and purpose. Man, I think that's so important. The authenticity thing, especially, Mora, is I think when we're being raised as children, we want that approval of our parent, of our brother, of our sister, of whoever. And sometimes we do internalize that and start to think this is what I want. And then I think it was Stephen Covey that first popularized that phrase that you got to be careful about that ladder of success because you may get to the top and realize you put it up against the wrong wall. So you've got to find out inside you what is it you really want instead of maybe what your spouse wants or your dad wants or your teacher wants. And that's what you're talking about, right? Absolutely. And I don't know that society really teaches us that. We don't even develop those kinds of skills. Mine, I think I had to discover it on my own, but uh, it's very true and good point about, you know, the ladder of success. I was supposed to be following my grandfather's footsteps. He was a very uh, prominent attorney in New York, New Jersey, but it wasn't for me. It sounds good, but it wasn't for me. And even when I later on uh, had a corporate career, which I really loved in leadership, there were several promotions I said no to because I knew that for me to lose that contact with the people that I was working with just to have a bigger job with a bigger salary wasn't going to do it for me. And I would put so much into my work that if it left me feeling high and dry, um, success to other people's sense or measurement didn't measure up with mine. It's a great point again, Amora, because we want to fill this hole in our life with something. And we all have this hole in our life until we find the one thing that can really fill that hole. But people have tried possessions and prestige and money and, and you just keep getting more and more and it's never enough. And you're like, really, is this all there is? And that's what we're talking about. You've got to find out what that purpose is that you really were put on this planet to do. And that pursuit of that purpose and that process of of working on that is what really starts to give you that joy in life. So how do you define happiness? Well, sometimes when people realize I'm the trademarked ambassador of happiness, they think she must go walking through tulips, you know, and that's (laughs) (laughs) but what the way I would define happiness, it's really a state of mind. It's very easy to say, well, I won't be happy until, or I need Mm. to get this and then I'll be happy. Or if only somebody would do this for me, then I'd be happy. Happiness is a state of mind. Rather than feeling like a victim, you say to yourself, you know what, wherever I am, I am a beneficiary in a benevolent universe. And when we can train ourselves to seeing things from a better lens and a better sense of expectation, then even when we're going through tough times, we walk through them with a lot more buoyancy, expectation, and better outcomes. Yeah, I found that it's a choice. Like you're saying that you can choose to be as happy as you can right now. That doesn't mean everything is rosy, but it means you can focus on the things that you're grateful for and the things that are good in your life and and what you're working towards instead of the negatives in your life. And it sounds 
easy, but it's not. It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I totally agree. And you know, one of the other things, some of us are really good uh, and very disciplined, let's say, in terms of staying on diets or working out physically, but we're not always disciplined in managing our mindset. And Mm. that's why it's simple, but not easy. (laughs) Right? Yeah, absolutely. But you can train yourself. You can. And there's a lot of different things that you can do. Like one of the big ones I'm doing now, um, the happiness advantage. And I'm sorry, the author's name escapes me, but it's the last time that I remember hearing. There you go. Thank you. Yes. Sean Aker. Exactly right. You know, just a simple one, like every day at the end of the day, list the three things you're grateful for in that day. And they have to be something different every day. Doesn't have to be something big, but they have to be three different things. And I do this with my family. We have a little group chat. And we all write down what we're thankful for that day. And and it's really cool because you get to relive those good things in your day. And then you get to relive the good things of your daughter and your wife, in my case. So it's like this really cool um, mutual gratitude society. And when you do that, it really lifts your spirits. And there's a bunch of things like that you can do. You're right. And when you know, see, that's perfect for training yourself. And once you realize what you feel like when you're in that zone of feeling more buoyant and maybe full of gratitude and expecting good things, then everything else seems to follow. And um, it's that's yeah, that's wonderful. (laughs) Well, so when you talk about living happy inside out, I love that phrase. Explain it to us a little bit more on what that means, inside out. Well, it sounds like you already get it. Uh, People are like, what the heck does that mean? It's because I could remember as a very young child, I mean, I could have been two or three, watching adults around me doing everything they could to get, get, um, let's say, affirmation or attention from other people. And I remember even before I could articulate any of this as a little little person, I remember thinking, well, why do they need to get everybody else's attention? Why don't they just go inside and say, what's important to me or what do I like? And why are they always seeking everything external from themselves? And I think it's, it's a very interesting concept because I bet certain children already know that intuitively, but we get socialized to always look for our happiness and our success because others out there approve of it. But You know, if there's others that approve of us or like us or think that what we're doing is making things look good, but our insides have that sense of disconnect, we are not going to be happy. We're going to feel off. We're going to feel like we don't have our bearings. And that's a real surefire uh, and telling point that something is awry, that we need to go within to say, wait a minute, how do I feel about this? Do I really agree with it? Is this authentic for me? And uh, if not, then it's time to kind of take inventory and make a change. Absolutely. We're talking with Maura Sweeney. She's the author of the Art of Happiness series. Her website is mora4u.com. And we've got that in the show notes. That's Maura, the number four, the letter U.com. So you talked about finding your purpose. And you know, that's what I'm all about. Uh, How do you recommend people start finding their purpose? I think people do need to be a little bit more introspective. And this is something I tell people often to do. It's a little um, habit they can get into. 
before they go out the door every day. Start thinking, what kind of a day do I want? What's important to me today? And tune into that. You know, for some people, it may be just a phrase that's important. Some people like their Bible scriptures. Some people have a quote that's really good, a place that they can check into and own so that when they step out in the world, they're already there. And I know during my corporate career, I had up to three offices at one point that I was managing and I'd be, you know, dealing with so many issues every day. And I, if we can center ourselves on what we are looking for in the day and keep that atmosphere alive, we really get a hold over on things. And the second thing is, and this probably is even more to the point of your question, every day at the end of the day, take five minutes. And if you have a, even a journal, keep one handy and say, what, where did I feel my freest, my happiest, my most creative, um, my most buoyant today? And what was I doing? Who was I with? Because right in those spaces, help us determine who are our friends? Who are the kinds of people we want to be around? What things are we talking about? What things are we doing? And the alternative question is, where did I feel most constricted? maybe a little bit intimidated? Where did I feel people were playing mind games with me? Where did I feel I was going along to get along or agreeing in spaces where I really wasn't in agreement with something? And just by tagging those places we've been in each day, we can start focusing in more on those things of the former sort. And then also making some decisions about maybe the people we're with, the things that are coming out of our mouth, the things we're agreeing with that we need to change. And each one of those little awarenesses can help us adjust, even if it's 5% at a time. And in that process, we grow to feel more happy, more authentic, and then more influential, which is something I spend a lot of time speaking about, whether it's here in the US or abroad. Most people feel like they're not a person of influence, but if we can learn to do a few of those things, then we do live from the inside and start beaming it out to the outer world. And you know, most people never do what you just talked about. Most people don't even think about doing it, but when you do, and you do that for day after day, maybe a couple of weeks, you're going to start seeing these patterns every day of the things that really turn you on and, and get your energy going and the stuff that really sucks your energy away. And you can really start seeing which way you want to steer your life towards. It's you outstanding. Know, glad, I love that. Well, I'm glad you use the word energy because that is so central. Um, I had homeschooled my daughter for a while. And I remember in not only teaching her as a, as a teacher, what I wanted her to learn. I wanted her to be able to follow her inner leadings. And I would bring her to a lot of different experiences. And sometimes she'd say, oh, mom, I'm not interested. And I would say, go check it out because your mind may tell you one thing, but go. And if you feel happy on the inside, if your energy starts picking up, you you know there's something to connect with. And I could remember I had left her somewhere, probably, I don't know whether it was, um, uh, singing or some performance group. And she came out of that place and she was so happy. She found skills she didn't know she had. And she continued on. She made new friends and it gave her a whole new aspect of her life she wouldn't have even been aware of because she learned how to tap into the positive energy, or I would call it the inner smile. <laughs> oh, I like that. The inner smile. That's good. It's easy, right? It's yeah. easy to relate. Let me ask you about the lectures you were talking about when you go into your speaking, you have 
a, a little word here for four ways leaders can lead, and it's from the word lead. Walk us through that real quick. Yeah, it's a little mnemonic, and I think it's great. Everybody can be a leader. They just don't realize they can be. But leaders, L, is always look ahead. You know, how often do we do something now in the moment and we're not thinking in the future like, wow, is this going to really come back at me and make me look ridiculous? Or is this going to slap me in the face? So look ahead when you're about to make a decision. That is so, so imperative for anyone who wants to be a person of merit and a leader. The second one for E in lead is everybody, as in everybody matters. It's very common in our world where we think we need to look up and impress those people that we think are important while overlooking everybody else. But if we want to be a leader, we take everybody in our scope. And that means the people that are, you know, cleaning the office building all the way up to the people that are the CEO. I'll tell you something. When people know you notice them, you're aware of them and you treat them with respect, you never know when those people could be behind you either saying something good or trashing you. So that's the E. The A is advance. Advance a cause, a mission, a vision. If you could do that, you're really majoring in those upper level ideas and ideals that other people will want to follow you with and get on board with. And the fourth thing with D, L-E-A-D, is destiny. Be destiny-minded. Think about wherever you are, you want to leave something good behind. It's almost, you could say, being like legacy-minded. And if you could think about those four things, each and every day, just in very simple ways, your mind will expand, your relationships will expand, and your influence, which is a really big thing that I focus in on, will grow naturally. Love it. That's fantastic stuff. And I just wanted to comment on that everyone matters because when I was getting my training to be a, a mental health counselor, uh, the best thing I took out of that entire schooling was from a family therapist that said, if you really want to impact people and you really want to help people and you really want to expand your influence, just imagine that every single person you see has a sign around her neck that says, I just want to count. And if you help that person count and let them know they matter, uh, then everything is going to go great. And, and it's, just, it's just so true because people, people want to count and they're going to find a way to do it either positively or negatively. Excellent point. And I could tell you that from my 10 years in leadership, which is why now I speak so much on leadership, is that when people do know they count, when they matter, when their ideas and their talents can be put to use and valued, you get so much more out of people. It's as if everybody grows and contributes to something better. Very, very powerful. Absolutely. We're talking with Maura Sweeney. And Maura, you're kind enough to offer everybody listening today a free gift. It's one of your books from your Art of Happiness series. It's the competition one. So if, if you're listening today and you want that, how, how would you go about getting it? I would say go to my website. Uh, first of all, it's mora4u.com. But write to me, mora, at mora, number four, letter u.com, and ask for the book on competition. And I would also ask if they would just reference the fact that they learned about this book from your show, Find Your Purpose and Live Your Passion. Great. And that was Mora at moraforyou.com. And I'm going to have that in the show notes as well. So you don't have to worry about trying to write it down while you're driving in your car right now. 
But and so if we'll I could, do. if I could yeah, mention one other thing about that, Greg, too, you open this up by talking about stories, and all of my books are about stories, life stories, because they move us from one reality to the next. And uh, I have a series of stories in there. It's a real easy to read book, but it will give people some positive things to think about in terms of turning the whole idea of competition that's normally a terribly negative thing into something really positive and self-advancing when you realize the only people you ever person you ever want to compete against is your own self and always look to better it yeah that is so good because in especially now with social media it's just compare 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 everywhere and people are comparing their real life to everybody else's fake life on social media. And so of course your life is going to look not as good because nobody puts up their bad days on social media. They put up the very best that they can think of. And half the time it's not even true. And somebody the other day told me this, it said, Greg, you know, anytime you compare, it leads to despair. And the only time you should compare is compare yourself to what you were like yesterday. And if today is better than yesterday, you're winning. That's the only comparison you should ever do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, you, you didn't ask me this question, but if we have time, sure. can I offer to your uh, listeners about the happiness survey I ran? Because it all goes together, even with competition and comparisons. Absolutely. Go right ahead. Okay, good. So not only do I speak about what it is that makes us happy and what else, what makes us more influential people, but I had done and have been doing uh, an international happiness survey, asking people from every background, um, whether here in the US or elsewhere, and it doesn't even matter whether they had a high school diploma or their PhD, um, how they would define happiness. And out of all of these hundreds and hundreds of responses, we came up with five key things people are looking for. And I think any listener today could key into them. Number one is healthy relationships meaning you have relationships that have a lot less drama. You give, you get something positive back. Number two, peace of mind. You feel happier when you can put your head down at night and you can rest because you've got peace of mind. Number three, it's a sense of freedom. What is it that you can do during your life, during your day, even if it means only 10 minutes, that you can pursue that, me that is meaningful to you and your life and your heart and your soul. Number four is the idea of purpose and fulfillment. Those are things that only come from within us. So you may be doing all these other things out there that you, know, you think you're competing with everybody else, but maybe there are things that are important to you from within that make you feel really good. Sometimes it's baking, you know, baking cookies and bringing them to somebody. Sometimes it's volunteering. Sometimes it's, it's investigating something that you're curious about. And number five, is personal confidence. And I actually believe that if you follow healthy relationships, things that give you peace of mind, acting out on your own sense of freedom, following things that give you purpose and fulfillment, that ultimately you won't have to compare yourself with anybody else. You will have a sense of personal confidence and you put it all together. And it's like, whoa, I feel like a happier person. <laughs> Man, that is great stuff. All those resonate with me for sure. And, and the last thing I wanted to say is sometimes I, th I think there's can be a difference between happiness and joy. And a lot of people, their definition of happiness has to do with things that are happening to them. 
um, situations that they're in. And that's the outside in that you were talking about. Whereas the inside out that you are talking about that people really need to focus on to get their happiness is that joy component that I would say is that regardless of whether somebody was mean to me today or I got fired from my job or the economy took a nosedive, those are all external things. And some of them I don't have a whole lot of control over, but the internal things that I can focus on for my peace of mind and my sense of freedom and my purpose and fulfillment, those things that I can control, I can stay focused on those to have joy even when the world outside me is swirling. Very well said, and I do agree. And you're right, we can't, we can't make the world do everything we want it to. I mean, if you think about right now, we have people that are afraid of getting a microaggression. You know, and I grew up when right. everybody was being called right. names, you know, nobody right. protected us from name calling. But you can really decide internally, what is it that keeps me in that state and that place of equilibrium and good expectation? And I'll just give you my quick one. And it probably dovetails with everything I do as a speaker and a writer, etc. I need to connect with real people every day. It could be out at the grocery store. It could be when I go work out. It could be talking with people like you. I literally get a positive energy. And I would think if you want to talk about joy, it comes from the question, what is it that gives me that positive energy? And how can I just live my life in a way that supports it and keeps it going in my life? And I think as we do that, we'll find we have so much more energy to expend out in the world. We do so much better. We're much more successful all the way around from work to our relationships, to building skills or whatever it might be. And you're right. And then the other thing that I think is huge is if we could learn to carry some joy within us, we will truly be world changers around us because people pick up on that. Awesome stuff. Yes. Do what feeds your energy. Try and avoid the stuff that drains your energy. We can't control all the situations around us, but we can respond how we choose. We can choose how we respond. And that's that's key to living that happiness inside out. Well, Maura, I just want to thank you so much for being with me. It's Maura Sweeney, author of the Art of Happiness series. She also is a speaker. Find out everything you can about her at her website, MauraForYou.com. We've got that in the show notes. And don't forget, you can get the free book there as well by dropping her an email. That's in the show notes. And don't forget, you can get my free book at GregoryBnapp.com. Gregory B as in boy, K-N-A-P-P.com. And if you just go on the website, it'll pop right up for you to get the free five steps to finding your purpose. Maura, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you, Greg. Great talking with you. All right. All the best. Hey, because you listen to the podcast, I want to give you my book, Go, for free. Just go to gregorybnapp.com slash go free. It's in the show notes as well, gregorybnapp.com slash go free. Hey, how can I help you? What questions can I answer for you? You can email me that at greg at gregorybnapp.com, link in the show notes. So please subscribe to the podcast, rate us, write a review, tell your friend. Thanks for being a part of building this thing. Let's go.